All right, here we are for another session on the old tour of the Rich Life Projects. And today, one of my good friends, one of a, a legend of NRL Rugby League, Clint Newton. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome to our town. Welcome to our town. <laughs> it is beautiful down here, isn't it? Yes. Hey, no wonder you've escaped from Newcastle and come down to Avoca Beach. Yes. What's been happening in the life of Clint Newton? Oh, there's, there's always plenty. I know there uh, would be. How long we got? Oh, only, probably about only about fifty <laughs> an hour. So, um, so yeah, no, it's been a it's been a pretty big uh, whirlwind over the last three years, uh, particularly since I um, since I came into the RLPA CEO role. Uh, obviously, there's been lots of different moving parts over these yeah. after these three years with COVID and whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean that's just work related. There's plenty of things that I'm passionate about outside of work, and yeah. uh, and so you. You find your days can get consumed pretty quickly. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, uh, so the so the kids and uh, and my wife um, still something I'm trying to work through is about you know making sure I dedicate enough time to them. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but there's plenty going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's been yeah, it has been uh, from obviously football starting back up now. Everything amps up again. So as, as you said, the three years and I could see it in your eyes just going, fuck, what's going on here? When, when's this roller coaster going to stop? Well, I think roller coasters, I've always enjoyed them more than re- merry-go-rounds. Yeah, so, no, so, I should have even said so, merry-go-rounds. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, but no, it's been, um, it's been a fair journey yeah. uh, for me personally and, and for the game. And um, I think for everyone that's been connected to it, just because of, how unique the situation has yeah, been, yeah. and I, I think everyone globally has gone through um, different yeah. peaks and troughs through it. But you know, we're, we've come out the other side of it. The game's in a really healthy, healthy place. Um, you know, people have had some bark taken off them, no doubt, over, yeah. the, over a period of time with the, all the negotiations yeah. and bits and pieces that are going on. But at the same time, I think the game's better. You know, better yeah. for it. Yeah, uh, we've still got some work to do um, with our agreement at the moment, but um, but we're tracking in the right direction. Yeah. And and again, from outside looking in, from what I read and hear, you're doing an amazing job at the forefront of all of it because nothing's ever easy when you're negotiating with money rights, all the rest of it. So, uh, hats off to you, my friend. Let's go. Let's go back into the early years, my friend. Born in Myrtle Beach, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, where where was Clint born? You know, when you know someone for a while and we've known each other for a few years, and I, and then I sort of come across Myrtle Beach. What? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, dad, um, was based there. Obviously he was, uh, playing on the, the different tours, um, yep. you know, Australasia, European, um, Africa, uh, all through the parts of Africa and then, uh, the U S. So at that point he was over there, uh, for the U S open, um, and where they were based was Myrtle beach, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, and so it just happened to be that that's where they were at that time. And, um, then I'm getting frisky and then next minute, boom, here comes Clint. Well, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> next, next thing here I am. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was probably a different birth to my, my sisters. I think dad was, she was in Sydney and, and dad was away on, uh, on tour, I think at the time, yeah. but I was, he was there for, for, for my birth. And I think he, he'd just been on the drink and came in and <laughs> ca- carried me around the hospital yeah. with, as if he just won the trophy. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cause he'd, um, cause I'd arrived been being a boy. So, uh, so yeah, he, um, and then I don't eyes. think mum saw him for a couple of days after that. <laughs> yeah. but, so, <laughs> now it's so, to wet the yeah, head, yeah, now exactly. it's off, off with the mates. Yeah. So growing up and as you say, with your father and people who are listening with, uh, you know, Jack, Jack knew one of the great of Aussie golf, being around the golf scene as a, as a kid, we, we, 
because it was your life, basically, you're, you're around your dad all the time and in America living. Did you, at that young age, love golf? Did you see it as like the sport that you could probably grow to, to do and love? I loved I loved sport. Yeah, you know, that, that that just really came from my father. Mum was never sports minded. She just became an avid fan of every sport that yeah. um, either my father participated in or, or me and my sister Christy uh, played as as young kids. So yeah. and she was um, she was the best supporter and best fan that anyone could have. Yeah. So golf was uh, I was always around it from a young age and started playing. Uh, you know. Because Dad started his junior golf foundation in around 1986. 86, yeah, um, right. And just not long after he'd had, had his accident. But yep. he was already doing things whilst he was a professional golfer and putting yep. junior tournaments on. Yes. Uh, because he was investing in kids very yep. early yep. because he saw the benefits of it and he saw what Australian golf really wasn't doing yeah, you know, right. um, yep. for juniors and pathways. Yep. So that had already begun prior to his accident and and then obviously with his junior golf foundation, me and my sister, you know, yeah. were sort of, you know, uh, went straight into it. But yeah. we were never pressured to play golf. No, um, no. There was never any um, pressure from dad to, to say, you know, you have to play golf. Yeah, it was yeah. just a, a natural progression for us because you knew what he'd done yeah. and you saw the, you know, the, the values in which golf can provide. Um, but given dad was so sports minded, uh, particularly as a youngster himself, um, and the, the way in which he was brought up, you know, through the Hunter Valley in Cessnock and, uh, you know, playing you know, cricket and golf and tennis and rugby league and yeah. soccer. And, uh, he just found his calling in golf when he was sort of in his, in his early or sort of mid teens and then yeah. chose to, chose to pursue that. Wow. And, and the people who haven't seen any of the footage or uh, Jack playing, like, we're going back in the Seve Ballesteros days, and Seve Ballesteros was one of the best uh, best golfers back in the day. And your father was up there at the top when playing the Masters, and and obviously because I'm in, I'm in love with golf like crazy at the moment, uh, as you know. But just yeah, just having that history of growing up around golf all the time, I look, I think back to me, oh, I would have I would have loved that lifestyle. Look, growing up, and it's your sister's actually a pro golfer. Yeah. Uh, is, is she on the circuit like as, as we speak or is just – No, she turned pro uh, after giving away the game for about half a dozen years yeah. uh, when she just focused on a university and, and whatnot. And then she came back and turned pro quite late um, yeah. but, uh, and then had to, had to finish with golf just through – you know, some condition that she had with her hands and, yeah. um, and obviously then she became, you know, a really strong and proud mother and, yeah, yeah. um, you know, committed family, family yeah. woman. So, uh, so yeah, I think that it was, it was different for, for myself. I mean, Christy was around when dad was playing professionally. Yep. When the accident happened, I was only, um, uh, just almost three. Uh, where, where where did the accident happen? Obviously, it was a he walked into was it what what's the actual story? Because you hear walked in yeah. propeller, you know where yes. was he coming from? What was he yeah. doing? So yeah, well, obviously in eighty three when it happened, yeah, he was just at a, a Sydney Swans um, game. He was there as a as a guest, and um, what Dad used to do when he was on uh, tour, um, and when he'd come home. You know, to Australia, he would often travel with a group of his mates uh, because one of them, a guy called Ronnie Lake, would be uh, was a pilot. Yes, and okay. they used to fly. You know, the twin engines, yeah. sort of six or eight seaters, yeah. uh, and they used to fly f- at those days about from Belmont Airport to okay, Sydney Airport. Yeah, right, yep. um, instead of driving because of the roads, yeah. you know, would take too whatever. long. Yeah. 
Um, so, and the same thing when he'd come home or they'd fly up the coast or he'd take his mates fishing or that, you know, that. So it was one of those occasions where he went down and he was a guest there for the Swans match. And there was a same thing, group of them went to the game, uh, dad was there. And then uh, a group of them left, you know, to, to go to the airport. Uh, dad stayed back, um, with another mate of his, um, to talk about setting up a like a, a pro-am event, you know, with the Swans. Uh, then they both travelled out to the airport. And then at that point, at Sydney Airport, you could drive onto the tarmac, um, you know, with yeah. where the private sort of planes were. Yeah. Uh, so they drove onto the tarmac. His mate got out of the car. Dad said, obviously, wait, you know, tell him to wait. I'll be, I'll be there. And, uh, and then it was dark. Um, yeah, right. uh, so it was, it was late at, um, fairly late in the evening. Uh, and then, so all of a sudden they got on the plane and, you know, whatever was said on the plane, yep. uh, they then started taxiing off and dad saw it and then obviously got out of the car, ran and just not thinking at that point, ran towards the plane, you know, waving his arm to yeah, yeah. stop. Like yeah. I'm, I, I'm I, here. I'm, I need I'm to not get in on. Yet. Yep. Um, and just walk straight into the propeller, uh, because on the back side of the uh, propeller, it was completely black. Yeah. Um, whereas of this on the front, yes, it's, it's white, white or silver. Uh, so you just can't, couldn't see couldn't anything, see. and he just wasn't thinking, and obviously walked, ran straight into the propeller cutting through his skull and his face, um, missed his brain by about two mil. Wow. Uh, and then um, cutting all through, obviously, his stomach and chest and uh, losing his arm, losing his eye. And then fortunately enough, the guys on the plane, you know, they got off yeah. and there was a uh, a guy that was a, um, a senior lifeguard you know, and um, he managed to – you know, just take Tim, off all clothes and, and like, you know, package that. And it was effectively hugging him on the tarmac um, to keep the blood in, in. Um, and to stop him from, because uh, he tried to get up. Yeah, um, yeah. Like when it first happened and, um, and, and then passed out. And then fortunately enough that day, that night um, when mum got the phone call mm. uh, and again, three-hour drive to Sydney at that point. Yes. Um, they said, oh, well, you, he's probably not going to make it um, because of the damage. And so we, people came and stayed at our place. Me and yep. my sister were asleep, obviously, at the time. Yeah. She um, raced down to Sydney and, uh, fortunately enough, at the at Prince of Wales Hospital, there just happened to be all their best surgeons on that night. Wow. You know, we're talking Fred Hollows and yeah, those sort right. of guys because he was obviously younger at that point. Yeah. And they they was just like the the A team of, oh, of surgeons wow. was yeah. on and um and so fortunate enough they uh, they were able to save his life and um but that was just that was just the beginning yes. of some of his issues where he got septicemia and they were going to turn his life support off and those types of things and um, fortunately enough, mum said no and, uh, and he ended up coming through and then yeah. went to Mount Wilga to start his rehabilitation and, yeah. and come back. And, uh, it's been interesting, you know, particularly since he passed and some of the stories that people were telling and some mm. of the things mum's gone and looked at and yeah. some of his first, um, uh, times of trying to write again. Oh, no, okay, with his yeah. left hand because yeah, he right. had to start obviously everything again, yeah. you know, with his left hand and, and some of what he was writing, you know, to her and, you know, sort of t 
telling, you know, trying to write that his his life's like his career's over and yeah. you know those types of things. It was wow. pretty brutal to, yeah. to read. But the amazing part was that um, his 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 handwriting was exactly the same. You know, really? with his right to his left, it was just uncanny. Uh, the similarities there, and obviously that was just part of his journey. And um, you know, he became the the man he was, and the, mm. the father I needed him to be. So, yeah. so yeah, what an, um, that's amazing from that accident, and still just got bigger and bigger and bigger in the golf. And, and as you said, starting golf with youth and uh, the Jack Prairie, uh shirt that yes. I wore last November. Debut, Debut, Debut last year, last year mate. Now I'm a part of the family, yes, brother. Exactly, you can't get exactly. rid of me. Jack family, it's forever <laughs> and growing. And Stu from the Commonwealth yes. won the B grade. Yes, exactly. So he exactly. Yeah, he won the watch. and well, You know when you win something, now you've got to come back again. You can't just win and, and, and piss off. You've got to, you've got yeah. to come back. And, and, and I mean, because <laughs> I was his partner and he won, that means I get my free entry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has to pay for you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, next, yeah. next, next yeah. Well, he just sold the Commonwealth. Yes. Yeah, so well, he's definitely paying. Healthy profit. But yeah, that's and talking about the Jack. That's one of the things your father was so passionate about, and still running to this day. Mm. Obviously, you and the and um, Christy start and your mother taking over that now, mm. uh, full time as you probably were in there full time anyway. But even for my first time this oh, last year in November, playing in that two days and just being around some of the biggest names in sport. Amateurs, professionals, uh, families. It, it was quite an experience from my point of view going, this is one hell of an, an event. Not only just do you get there the first night, get settled in, you have drinks, dinner, you watch some plane going up and down and go, wow, spinning around, finished off by fireworks. Yeah. It was amazing. Yes. It seemed like they went on for an hour. I must have been a little bit tipsy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then after that, obviously your speeches – the two days of golf starts, the the cocktail din- dinner, man, that was amazing. And it's the first time I've seen Stu from the Commonwealth with uh, the comedian laugh for 45 minutes straight. Oh, yeah, Tahi, he's brilliant. Tahi, yeah. oh, amazing, yeah. man. He had us in stitches for 45 minutes. Yeah. And you know when you get that ache in your guts? Yes. That's how it was for 45 <laughs> minutes. But just to see the turn up like Lauren, uh, uh, Brian Lara, who's been a personal friend to your fathers and and yourself, some of the you know some of the rugby league greats, Kirk Gidley, uh, just there's so many sportsmen there. That that must have been obviously it was a, a different atmosphere because it was like oh, dad's past. Mm. But as you said in the and I think when you said that and the footage was shown, I had tears in my eyes because I could just imagine the father son sort of thing. And but that now. It's such a a great sort of legacy to then keep going now and build up. Uh, is that going to still continue on each year? And the proceeds and all that, that's still going to funnel into the youth golf and everything else? Yeah. I mean, as you said, uh, Dad was one of the one of the best players uh, during the period of time. He was a professional golfer and went head-to-head with, you know, arguably um, the best of all time. Uh, or certainly a big cluster of them in your Nicholas yeah. and Seve and Tom yeah. Watson and Amazing you know, Palmer and um, Gary Player and all of all of them really. Just to have um, your name up there yeah. in, in amongst those is yeah, just fucking you know, crazy. And, and yeah. The, the, so I think that um, that that made it much easier for Dad to to do what he's do what he's done because uh, and he and he got on very well with all of them. I mean, um, that was the biggest thing that I probably saw in. In dad was his network and his 
circle has been always um, so diverse, yep. um, often too diverse, it's probably <laughs> similar to myself. Um, but, it, it's, uh, but it also um, is, I think, what made him so special um, and relatable yep. and, and his ability to connect yep. with people. Yep. Um, so then uh, obviously the, um, the, the Jack – or originally it was uh, Jack Newton Celebrity Classic. Like yep. that started in 1979 yes. and he went as, again, that asked him to, to go and, and play, be a part of this pro-am and he just finished a long tour uh, and mum said, no, no, let's go. Well, um, uh, at that point, obviously I hadn't been born yet. Christy yep. had only just been born. She was a few months old. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, you know, I think there's something in this from there and uh, yep. and then – they ended up, you know, naming it after him and it was uh, – he went and played, obviously, after he played, he won it, the, yep. you know, uh, when he was obviously a professional golfer. Um, and then after his accident, you know, he really invested in it heavily yeah. and it stayed at Noosa Tawantin for a period of time and then went to um, Twin Waters for a, yes, a fair yeah, while and Bridgian Springs for a bit and then obviously moved it to the Hunter Valley in Cyprus and at Crown, Crown Plaza, yep. you know, um, more recently. So again, I think starting with the golf and then, but during his career, uh, back then a lot of sports people, you know, would uh, connect with each other Yes, before social media yeah, was, yeah. was, was a thing, the thing yeah. it was even contemplated for. Yeah. So whenever dad was on tour or when he'd come home, he'd be around the cricketers, whether it's, you know, your Rod Marsh and yes. Jeff Thompson and Lily and yep. uh, and those sort of guys or the rugby league circle in, he was very close to Steve Rogers and Jack Gibson and okay, yep. um, and, and a lot of those guys. And uh, and then same with tennis in Newcomb and Roach. And, yeah, right. Uh, wow. So, Fuck, what a circle uh, to and, be around. And, you know, Desi Renford and a lot. Uh, and then obviously he was connected with John Singleton and Bob yeah. Hawke. And yes. so there was this big group of, you know, sports people yeah. that uh, he was, that it was across, you know, many different areas yeah. that I think allowed dad to build the yeah. event to what it was because obviously when he's ringing and he's asking, right, you know, yeah. to come, most of the time people yeah. don't say no. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, and then, uh, but it's just gone from strength to strength yeah. and it's been in such a big part of uh, not just my dad's legacy but mum's because ultimately without her, he wouldn't oh, have done it. 100%. Um, and she's been, you know, phenomenal uh, through that period of time. And uh, to be able to raise, you know, north of seven mil for junior golf and, wow. uh, and diabetes, yep. uh, particularly with children's diabetes, is something pretty special. And it's certainly a responsibility that I'm happy to take on. And yeah. Uh, just, 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 on, just, uh, just, just on another just thing to take on. Add it in uh, to, to the, the ever-growing list of things. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I'm, you know, really proud of the event. Yeah. Uh, it's Again, it's great to be able to continue it on and, um, and ensure I think storytelling is such a fundamental part of, um, of everything we do. Yes. So it's part of dad's story. And so for me and our family and, and my sister and uh, my wife who um, and Ben, Christie's husband, yeah. it's kind of – our responsibility to ensure his story continues, continues on. Um, via the Jack. Yes. And then there's other parts that yep. will obviously come. And, you know, Jack Newton Junior Golf is was the first junior golf um, uh, foundation to be established. It's, um, it's, it's still by far the strongest in Australian sport or Australian golf yeah, yep. sport. Um, and so we're, we're, we're going from strength to strength in that, in that yeah. area. So again, it's, it's been great. Yeah. An amazing event. I love it. All right, that's enough about you, Dad. Let's get back onto you. 
How did you even come into You're born in America. You played a little bit of a sport in America. When was the the part where you started to go into rugby league? What was what was that change? Like obviously your father being golf, you would think, nah, he loves golf that much, he'll just carry on and, and play golf. Where where was rugby league in all this? Yeah, well, it was nowhere um, outside of just being a fan. And yeah, uh, right. dad was um, a para, para supporter, oh, um, you know, up until up until 88 when the Knights came in. And, and then the moment the Knights came in, he he put away his Parramatta gear and, <laughs> you know, went and went and That's bought, his home like, team you know, now. Went, yeah, went into Newcastle and, yeah, right. um, and became, you know, probably their number one supporter. Uh, and getting his his um his knights glass eye made and oh yeah um, right and, and whatnot. so when he'd go to games he'd put that in and often freak people out uh, so he put the the Parramatta eels glass eye away and that didn't that didn't get never worn, never got seen got again worn, worn again probably like the, the yeah, kids just got it now for the old Marvel flicking like the premierships it was uh, haven't <laughs> haven't seen it again um but uh, but yeah it was um uh I I I was always very small as a as a kid yeah and um. So I was, you know, I loved rugby league and our family went to the very first Knights game and, and we were making a family tradition really on nearly every weekend, home and away. Yeah, really? We would pretty much go to wow. every game. Uh, and so it's just deeply ingrained because when yes. dad does something, it's, it's all 100%. in, right? Um, and whether it's drinking or smoking <laughs> um, or, or investing in juniors. Um, yeah. So he, he just became so immersed in in, yeah. r- in rugby league and that sort of then like brought me through where we'd have, where I'd grow up and uh, we'd have all three grades at our house, yeah. you know, and, really? and have barbecues there. And um, despite uh, mum's concern when dad <laughs> came home and said, all three grades are coming. <laughs> Um, and, uh, she, she couldn't have been more impressed, you know, yeah, with, right. with them and, and how great they were and, and um, how respectful yeah. and, uh, and how they went about things. And that again, sort of became a family tradition where yes. over the years, more and more players would come through our house. Really? Uh, and wow. so, and particularly players that were from out of town, yep. um, dad made, mum and dad went out of their way to bring them to our house, you know, make them make feel them welcome. Dinner. Yep. You know, do it fairly consistently yeah, okay. as a way of trying to bring them into the community. And dad would sort of read them the right act about if you play <laughs> for the Knights, this is the sort of person you've got to be. Um, oh, that's, that's And gold. so often that would extend into the early hours of the morning, particularly um, depending on uh, what sort of player it was, whether it was a BK or yeah. – uh, <laughs> um, even the, uh, So it was uh, – so that, that was sort of where – so when I grew up, you were always around sport and yeah. rugby league was so, so, um, it was, we had like, dad had this bone deep conviction to support his team and, uh, and his town. Uh, so, so therefore I always wanted to play rugby league, but yeah. I was too small. So he said that you can't play until you, um, in year seven or year eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was playing soccer and by that time that I'd finished playing soccer, I was, I started I was playing a lot at school, you know, tackled down the back oval where the teachers couldn't see, um, or we'd all jump the fence and go behind in this other sort of grassed yeah, area, yeah. Um, so the so the teachers couldn't see, and often they'd go, well, "Where's all the Where's all the year six kids gone? Yeah, you where know, are they we're, gone? We're smashing each other over in the, <laughs> over in the back." So, um, so yeah, it was. 
so by the end of soccer, I was sort of starting to sort of fly in and shoulder charge people off the ball, <laughs> and that was like too many yellow cards were sort of coming. Yeah, so yeah right. It was like right, you you know, it's, t- it's, it's time, time to, to go over. But at that point, I I was so small. I was on the wing, and yeah, yeah. You know, I played third division at Valentine, and um, uh, and that really came about through my school friends. Okay. At the time, um, uh, Anthony Quinn's older brother, Michael Quinn. I was you know really close with him, and um, and the, and a, a number of other people saying, I'll oh, come and play at Valentine. Yeah, they right. were a really hot side, you know, back then. And so uh, you'd, you'd go to the game, you know, you'd go to training and uh, and whatnot and be, you know, you Luke Burton. Yeah. You know, oh, really? Yeah. You know, Brett Finch and Josh Perry and Daniel Abraham and, yeah, you know, all wow. these people were in the team. And yeah. uh, and I'd go off and play, you know, third division. And, <laughs> and then um, and then eventually got a start in, in the firsts and uh, yeah. through actually, you know, Luke Burt's dad and um, yeah, okay. and brother um, and Dave and Matt. They, they kind of gave me one of my first – chances in first division um and they used to spend a lot of time with me particularly matt um after training and i just i had a very strong you know incredibly strong work ethic around sort of wanting to improve all the time and i'd make him stay stay back and or give me you know different training drills and whatnot and um and so that was because of that investment because it wasn't easy no. um, because I wasn't a great player and because dad was who he was. Um, I still remember to this day the amount of people that would stop me, you know, at, at Valentine training at yeah. times and say, you're no good at this. You know, you're really? not, you know, why are you playing this? Wow. You know, why don't you go and play golf like your dad, you know, like your dad, you know, because you won't make it. Um, yeah. And that, that's hard to hear at it 12 is. and oh, 13 yeah. and people projecting what maybe they could never do onto exactly, you and their exactly. mindset. And it's, you don't realize it until sort of later in life that yeah. that actually helps shape some of the best parts of you and some of the worst yep. because you were very much in that way of going, well, I'm going to show you. That's like, right. And I'm going to prove, I'm gonna I'm gonna prove it. to you yep. um, and prove myself right. But also it wasn't about, at that point I was never thinking, I'll hang in there and you'll play first grade. Yeah. It was hang in there and keep improving because I love playing. Yeah. You know, it had a simple not, love for the game. But their view was projecting, you know, well, why would you do it if, if you're, if you're not, not good at it? If you're not going to try, it's if you're like, not going to well, make first grade. Well, I'm doing it because I love it. Yeah. I love being around my friends. I love the collision. I love yeah. what, what it was. What yeah. I, I loved the fact that I was starting from such a long way back. Yeah. And you could just, you know, so then it became like a, again, this, really deep desire to sort of say, right, well, I'm showing signs of improvement. There are a couple of people that are investing in me. So therefore you then have this responsibility to give something back to them and not give up. Um, And so therefore you, you just, as I just started from there and then the, the, the the stronger the work ethic, you know, the more people tend to invest in you. Uh, And so that just sort of came about through that. And um, I'd get often get, um, go to trials yep. and try and make the Mariners or make, you know, yeah. the Knights or whatever. And, uh, you, I always remember getting, um, you know, we'd have uh, a group of the guys around that would often, you know, get picked in the rep teams and, and whatnot. And I, I'd ride up the top of my driveway and get the letter out of the mailbox. And at that point there was no emails. <laughs> yeah. so, I'd say, 
that's how you'd open the letter and you knew after repeated letters, you knew the words that you wanted to see. Yeah. Like when, yeah. You, when you'd open it up and if it started with thank you. Yeah. You, you know, you're, not, you're not getting picked. You know, so, <laughs> so if it started with congratulations. Yeah. And like then, then, then you're in. So I got repeated um, thank yous. Yeah, right. So, so again, there was that part of it was uh, – Understanding rejection yep. at a very early age, yes, yeah, uh, and sure. and how you want to approach rejection, yeah, uh, and so for me it was very much about well, okay, they've told me I haven't made it. It doesn't, and you go through different waves of emotion, right? At a young age, you're not you're not thinking like this, but I think back now mm. about how I went about it, but also how my mum and dad used to approach it. That it was not like. Oh, what are you doing this for? And just give it away. Yes. Because yes. they they don't know what they're missing out on and that sort of um that uh victim type behavior and oh, they don't they don't know what they're talking about. It was never that. Yeah. It was always, right, okay, what do we need to do to what else can we do to, to get better? better? You, yeah. you know, and so I'd just reach out to the people that had picked the team and yeah. the coach or the trainer and say, Just can you give me some programs mm. and I'll I'll come back next year. Yep. Just give me some weights programs. Yep. Give me some agility programs. Yep. Tell me what I need to, to get better at. And that was dad's, you know, mum and dad's way of going about it was go and ask them why. Yep. Don't be afraid to ask why. Yep. And if they're any good, they'll be honest with you and yes. they'll give you what you need. Yep. It's not about um, getting selection. Yeah. It's about usually, and I would suggest, you know, coaches, they're looking for how do you respond you know, to that, and that will actually then carry more favour. True. When it comes down to when you got when you turn up again next year, That's and right. you're a bit better. That's right. Or you you're or or you've shown growth. Yeah. Um. They'll go. Well, they've obviously gone away and done what we've asked them to do. We might just give this guy a shot. Um. And and so that's really how it came yeah, about. And yeah. I got, um, you know, put in the Hunter Academy team, um, with a. Um, a couple of really good mates of mine, obviously yep. Kurt Gidley. That's where I yep. first started. Oh, did you? Friend, okay. becoming friends, friends with Kurt, Kurt. Gidley because yeah, we right. both got put in the Hunter Academy team, yeah. you know, together. And I just started driving at that point. I was like seventeen, um, yeah. and so we, or just shy of, just shy of seventeen, and we'd pick him up after he'd finish at the butchers because yeah. uh, he'd left school yeah, in year okay. ten, um, and we'd go to Hexham, train there, and oh. then because I got picked in this. Um, national, uh, got best player in the Hunter Academy team. And then that put me straight into this national team. And, uh, and on that weekend that we went away with that national team, the Knights trials were on. And, um, and so just by coincidence, they were on and they said, well, you need to go to that Hunter Academy thing. What we'll do is we'll put you in the summer squad. So don't worry about trialing. And, um, it's just that sliding doors moment because yeah. I reckon if I had have trialed, I would have missed out. I, I, okay. I just reckon that trials are very um, fickle yes, and yes. prickly yep. and different people pushing their own agendas yep. and dad's getting involved. Yep. And whereas dad would never get involved, like he would be in the car watching the game or in the back stand, you know, just yeah, and really. stay out of all that because yep. he knew that if he was seen – like people, he didn't never wanted anyone to, to think like that he influenced, yeah. you know, something. And it's strange because you think someone from outside looking in think, oh, Clint's had an amazing career, but how it all started, you know, dad 
was, you know, Jack Newton. So, of course, he got a, a, the doors open for him. But when you tell that story, obviously, it wasn't like that. No. Nothing like it. And because I got put in the summer squad, um, I'd never known Steve Burriston at that time, who was the coach at Jersey Flag. He went on to be the CEO for a, a period of time at the Knights. Oh, really? Um, but he, I was told by um, a couple of the selectors that you're just here to make up the numbers. You know, you're just here because you didn't trial and you're in the Harness Academy. This is what some of the selectors That's were what telling. I'm saying. Like, fuck it, more, like, more, more barrage yeah, of negativity yeah. and. And so I'm thinking, what, what are you talking about? Like, and <laughs> so, and I, and then so deep down, I was just going, fuck, I'll show you. 100%. Like, you know, I'm not here to make up the numbers yeah. and I want to train harder than anyone. And, yep. um, and we got absolutely flogged on the first day. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'd put on a bit of weight, like, I, cause I was so small. Yeah. Um, leading into, you know, the, the Jersey flag when I was at school, I often get um, shit put on me all the time. Mum had packed my lunch, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, I was fortunate enough to have a mum that was, um, you know, just as committed to, to seeing me go forward as, as I yeah. was probably even more so. Yeah. And so I'd have my, my recess and my lunch and my after snacks. And then I'd have a stop. I'd have an alarm on my, and where I'd eat every two hours. Yeah. You know, You're to, starting to book, yeah. like, uh, pack the weight on at an early yeah, at age. Six, this is at 16, 16, 16 really? 17. Wow. Um, and so I'd get up and ride my bike to the gym at 5am and, yep. um, do work in Dallas Rose Kelly, who now owns all the, um, uh, owns all the, um, all the weights, um, weight centers from Newcastle and the, and the central, central coast. Um, yep. uh, I've had a mind blank, the yeah. gym, the gym just near, um, the stadium. Oh yeah. Planet, uh, Planet, Planet Fitness. Fitness. Yeah. Okay. So Dallas was, um, uh, he, he invested in me and, uh, and all that sort of stuff where he would see me working, working out and he'd give me a free membership and all those types of things. Cause I was only young and. But seeing you uh, so motivated yeah, and driven. And so, so again, that, um, so because of that, yeah. I put on a lot of weight and I put on about eight kilo, you know, yeah, true. um, and so, because they said you're too small, too light, you know, blah, 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 to play in the second row. Yeah. And, uh, the first session we did, um, Sean Martin was the trainer, uh, and we had to do 22 minute run throughs in the, like pissing down rain at, yeah. um, the oval at Bar Beach. Yeah. And like we had to, so we'd have to run for two minutes and you'd literally, and he would literally run from one side of the oval to the other and you'd be going on his heart rate when he recovered. Yeah. You know, oh, really? Got to 140. Oh. He, he wasn't, he wasn't doing the two minutes. No, no. So the moment he would see, his, he'd, he'd check his heart rate, <laughs> bang, off we, off we'd oh, go again. Oh man, well. well. by sort of like the, the 12th and 14th one, like my groins were gone. I, I, <laughs> in my, I was, I swore I could feel something had ripped, you know, oh, there, wow. but. And I and a couple of people because at that point there was about forty in the squad. Yeah, and people were dropping out, you know, and and you saw them just pack, get their stuff, and go, <laughs> go, just leave training, you know. And uh, so so oh, then yeah. I thought I'm not fit, I'm I'm not pulling out of this. I can you know? rip my legs yeah. off. I'm going to still run somehow. And Steve Burriston was standing there in the rain, like watching <laughs> watching us, and I'm just calm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, don't you dare, like you know those people that told you to make up the numbers. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. finishing this, you know. So we finished, got through twenty. 
I couldn't walk for like I literally I torn both groins um, and uh, and couldn't walk Fuck, for a few days. That's And, uh, and uh, I remember I had to go to something at the stadium like a couple of days later. I couldn't walk up. I had to basically like go sideways up the stairs because I couldn't <laughs> walk forwards. Around, you know, yeah, I'll be a coach looking at that. Yeah. You going? That's a dedicated yeah, boy. So, so, so then I had to. I was terrified about telling anyone that I'd done it because I thought they would think it as an out. excuse, yeah, yeah. you know, um, that oh, he just doesn't want to train. But we turned it up for training on the Monday and literally of the 40, about six never turned up. Yep. So I thought, right, my numbers are getting better here. Yeah. Like I've lost <laughs> six. I've lost a few of them. So I tried to train. I can I lose today. Struggled, struggled to get through <laughs> it. And then they ended up pulling me up and saying, no, nah, mate, you've got to go and got the scans. And so I was out for a period of time. Yeah. And then in the – Trained all pre-season. And then in the first trial, we played Parramatta at Cabramatta. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was playing okay and I uh, playing pretty well. And then I um, busted my ribs. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, oh, like, something, like, I've done something, you know, bad here. But mm. again, I'm going, don't you dare. Don't you dare don't quit. Don't you dare get off the field. Like, don't put your hand up. You know, um, and <laughs> well, one and you can't because yeah, you're busted. Yeah. So, <laughs> finger up. I ended up, I ended up playing. This was in the first quarter of that trial. Ended up playing sort of the rest of the day, and uh, and um, and found out the next like when I come off the field and you're getting your injuries assessed, and they've gone, but you've mate, you've I reckon you've fractured a rib, and uh, and so I ended up going to getting it done and I had two fractures in my, in my rib. Oh, wow. And so the coach at the time, Steve Burriston's going like, you, you like, you know, and I said, I, I, I need to play next week against yeah. Manly, yeah. you know, to, otherwise I'm not going to get picked. picked yeah. You know, I, I've only played one trial yeah. and Steve was like, no mate, like, you know, you don't need to play any more trials. You'll be, you'll, I'll be yeah. picking you. Don't worry about that. You know, yeah. uh, like, cause that's, that was the way it was. And then yeah. um, I just couldn't believe it. I'd made the the 24 and I went in to play Manly at Brookvale in my first Jersey flag game, came yeah. off the bench, scored two tries yeah. and then started the rest of the year. And that was kind of it. We beat, got beat by Canterbury in the grand final when they yeah. had a gun team with yeah. um, Ryan O'Hara and, you know, um, and uh, Matty Utai and yeah, right. uh, um but it just it just shows you like when people listening to this and and even young ones who are coming up from rugby league, and as you would know these days, league and working or having a work ethic like you had, some some don't do not have that these days. Some do get the old door goes in you go you're a big name da 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 da, but just for the ones who are the Clint Newton. Fuck, how am I going to make this squad? They won't pick me. Everyone else is telling, mate, you're not going to be in this. So fucking go and play golf. Like just the mindset of even the 16, 17, 18 year old, even when they're listening to this, that, that's, there's your point. There, there's the story of not waiting till someone else does it for you, but you go out, put your whole life into your passion. And you can see that even that from that story, nothing was going to deter you from making that those sides. And from Jersey flag, then it comes into the Newcastle Knights. So you're in 2001, yeah, making you making the debut. What what's that moment like? Obviously the one your old your goose, but your old man's the your old man's the you know the greatest Newcastle supporter. 
and then you make your debut. Fuck, that must have been just like a a pinching self moment. Yeah, I I think that the other part that was um, that again was probably deeply connected to my behaviour. It was pretty hard to come home and tell dad it's all too hard. Yeah. You know, like, so, <laughs> I didn't, so, I didn't so, actually get to that point. So, yeah, That's so, probably a, a so, great point. So, yeah, it was because um, because I'd never heard him complain about anything. <laughs> like, I, I'd never I'd, – I'd seen him struggling to put his belt on. Yeah, you know, one hand. One hand, I get that back one that we all miss even with two. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and so um, I'd say, Dad, do you want some help? No, I don't need to. You know, yeah, right. Like, you know, yeah. and so, um, so I – because of that also, I think that was sort of deeply embedded in your mindset 100%. where you just don't see that type of behaviour. There is but no This fail. is all too hard and, yep. you know, I can't do this. And, and again, so, and, and that was the same for mum as well. Like if you, you get a knockback, she had a tough life. When yeah. she was brought up, like her father went away to World War II and she oh. was there with all the London bombings and wow. um, and uh, lost her mum early and uh, had to bring up, you know, both her brothers and, uh, she's got, you know, a phenomenal story in herself. Yeah. So um, our family was very, very much like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's fair, it would have been very easy for both mum and dad to go the other way with their with dad's accident. Yes. But seeing, again, my father um, never make an excuse of why he couldn't play cricket with me in the backyard or why – he couldn't, you know, go to the beach and body surf and catch what, like, you know, uh, and do all, you know, do all that. I think I was I was worried early on that if if Dad was going to be able to swim, would he just swim around in circles? You yeah. know? But <laughs> can, he, can he go straight? Can he go straight? <laughs> but, he wants to flip yeah, each side so, as he so, swims. <laughs> so um, so yeah, but he uh, but he did, he, and uh, and so so I think all of that yeah. was then part yeah. of the whole journey. So then to actually make my debut quite quickly yeah. where I went from playing a year young in Jersey flag at 17 um, to literally two years later at 18, at 18 um, uh, to, um, to debuting at 19. Um, like just happens like that. And that's how quick yeah, yeah, your yeah. life can change. You that, know, exactly. now two years might seem like a long time, but it's not, it's not no. when you're, when you're in it and yep. you go, if someone had a said, at 12 or 13 that I was going to play in the NRL in probably the most brutal and hardest, you know, team sport yep. in the world, yep. I would have been a million to one and blowing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, 100%. And, 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 but in my mind, that was not where I was. And, but, so, but also growing up, um, uh, dad was very much into psychology and, and all oh, that okay, sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'd, I'd end up having this book at sort of 15 and 16 yep. and I'd start like as corny as this sounds, I'd start writing and I've still got it. Start writing like headlines, you know, you know, Newton makes it. And, really? You know, yeah. Like, and, um, uh, you know, sort yeah. of local kid, you know, yep. hits it and blah, like, uh, and, um, and I was very big on mindset and, yeah, you know, yeah. reading about, you know, Vince yeah. Lombardi and Muhammad yeah. Ali and yeah, yeah. sort of all those, you know, um, did you ever, ever, ever get to stage, even when I was fighting, for some reason, why I had that mindset where I, I would go through that, like the whole, okay, I'm going to win this fight. What am I going to say on the microphone after the fight when I win? How, how am I going to, uh, you know, say thank you to the fans, the people who pay the money? Like that was like, did you rehearse sometimes 
words that well, you I were. Think that was my rehearsing was the writing writing down. down yeah, you know, like I was very visual, you yeah. know, as um, as a youngster. So uh, I'd have these headlines up in my room, and yeah. you know that like that you, whatever that you this wrote. Is, this is at, again at 14, 15, 16, You know that sort of thing is, yeah. and as like crazy, and my mates had come around, and I'd take them all down, <laughs> like put them in, the, them away. put them in the drawer in case they came. In. What are you doing? You're like you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, you so, right, these. Yeah. So um, so again, uh, that that's all part of the the journey, the journey yeah. where you're seeing it all the time, and you know, having um, and having that belief in to write it down, and yeah. sort of that there is that level of commitment that yeah. you put it down, and therefore, like you know, you should do it. Yeah. Um. And so when it got to that stage where you're now sitting there on the sideline where I'd come off the bench um, uh, to play the Warriors, which only came about through Ben Donaldson. He got hit in the throat the week before yeah. and he didn't get clear. He got ruled out on the Thursday. Yeah. And I'd just come from nowhere. I'd, at that point, I'd only played a couple of reserve grade games. Yeah, true. Um, and it was that quick, you know, of coming through. And I got called on the Friday, um, uh, no, Thursday night to say, come to training tomorrow on the Friday and because we're playing the Warriors on the Saturday night. Um, So uh, it was like happened so quickly. Quickly, Didn't have really a great time to think. I was just like, bullshit. And 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 probably sometimes that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you don't sit there and dwell on things. Yeah, a lot of times I can overthink and, you know. Don't we all. So so again, um, which again is a – positive and a negative in many aspects. It's a definitely a, a double-edged sword. There. Yeah. Because to, you've got to be able to think and think deeply to be able to write the things down and do the things that I didn't, but it's, it's to a point, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. One of your, you know, a, a strength overused can be your best, your, your, you know, your biggest weakness. Yeah, definitely. So, definitely. so then to sit there on the bench and be looking around the, the ground and the big, the old hill and yeah. knowing where my mum and dad and my sister and family were sitting, sitting yep. where we they sat in the same spot since 88. Really? You know, like, wow. Um, season ticket holders. Um, and to then go on the field and get your, you know, get your interchange number and, yep. and go on. Oh, uh, like it would have been a proud with moment. You, with the greats. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And with BK and with yep. Joey and with yep. Matt Gidley and yep. with Bedsy. And again, I still never forget, you know, Joey and, and how he helped me so much. And Maddie, you know, yep. Maddie Johns earlier on in my um, career where Joey was a horrible one-on-one coach. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because he just didn't have that I way of thinking. he was thinking. battling himself when yeah, he yeah, most of the yeah. time. So he wasn't – he would – he would absolutely be all in and invest in you. Yes. And was very, very hard. You know, like, um, Maddie was more strategic and analytical and process uh, driven. So he would, he had a different way of tutoring and mentoring me, um, about different things and game structure and that sort of stuff. And that was at sort of 16, 17, 18, you know, again, um, which again, more people invest in you, yes. more responsibility to deliver, to back. more, you know, reason to drive you forward. Yeah. Um, so then to take the field with those guys um, was a really a, you know, a dream genuinely, like yeah. a dream come true. 100%. Um, and and because I think all the people that had invested in me, uh, that was, in, I'm hoping was, just a, a special moment for them too, because yes. it, it's a, it's a demonstration of that's 
you played a part from your yes. from your um we've all achieved yeah from my mates that invested in me at training yep. at Valentine that didn't yes push me away because I was no good and like I'd you know to to your your Dave and Matt Burtz and to you know your Dallas Rose Kellys and your Tony Butterfield who played a really key yeah. role in my development yep. to my mum and dad to all these people mm. um, to Joseph at the nutrition shop in the Hunter Street Mall there you know yep. when I'd go to him at fifteen yep. I'd known him since I was fourteen fifteen yep. I still am mates with him today, today. still um, Boy, helps me with that's you know, a journey isn't it um, helps me with different things you know where he's seen this kid come in at 13, 14, like that. Yeah. Um, just wanted to help to, him to do it. Put some weight on. And that was the thing. Guide you. I, and I had some critics, like, yeah. even about, um, well, how have you put the weight on? And you must have, you know, you must have taken something. You must have done. Th- and I think psychologically, the other good thing was, it was like, well, I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah. Because that means that you have to think that way. For me to 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 demonstrate that I can only beat you because yeah. I've cheated. That's right. You know, that's like, right. Yeah. And so good psychologically, point. I'm yeah. going good. Yeah. Think that yep. because that only makes me stronger. Yeah, hundred percent. Because of the fact that you go, I haven't touched anything. Yeah. And you're thinking I have, so I must be. Yeah. You know, doing something right. So, so that was the that was the other part. That was all some. You know, that was as well. Like, yeah. You know, where um and then that's uh, that's at seventeen eighteen where yeah. people are saying that, but it was the two hours. Of yeah, eating, yeah. yeah. Was it getting up yeah. at five o'clock? They don't see any of that. No, no, no. You know, so the the commitment, the dedication, yeah. and and all that. So you've achieved your your debut, and as you said, every part of the persons who's been in your team, that's their achievement. On the other hand, all the naysayers said you'd never fucking make it. You just give them the old. If they were in the crowd, you would have loved the spot where they were, wouldn't you? And yeah. just go, you know what? I'm waving in you now. Yeah. Well, it's amazing when you see those people. Um, which you did, yeah. you crossed paths with them. And it's like that's just been airbrushed out of history. 100%. You know, like, it's like, they, oh, mate, I always now. believed in I you. I knew you could yeah, make I'd it. Yeah, I always believe in you and I'd always, you know. And you're like, back in the morning going, yeah, going, don't fucking lie to right? me. And then I sort of, I think the older I got, uh, the more direct I became. <laughs> it's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Like, that's not what happened. That's not the way I remember it. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but, um, but then, you know, that's, that's that, life, it, it, again, they played their role. Yes. Thank you. That's you know, so, motivation. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the double-edged sword, yeah. as you say. So you got Newcastle uh, Knights, your home hometown, you're loving it because obviously dad the biggest uh, supporter. 2001 to 2007. The inc- what was the there was an incident right I think uh, a year or two or where you got suspended mm. for I think it was an elbow to Ashton Sims yep. who was he playing for uh, uh, Dragons okay so elbow where was that was it careless was it mental what was what was all in that because yeah. I know you got I think it was about twelve weeks you got yeah which yeah. was was that a part of a a little bit of a changing period. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was really difficult because um, I'd uh, I'd missed the the O one Grand Final by a week or two because um, I'd broken my scapula. Oh, that's right. Um, yes. And so I was in like Hags had said, "This is the team we're running with," and I went down like the week before the finals, and um, and that was shattering for me. On the plus side, Daniel Abraham took my spot. Yeah. And 
I started with, back with him at 13. Oh, you know, at yeah. Oh, right. You know, so it was like that. this great moment. Yeah. Again, it was like, again, like this, the, the sliding doors of that and it was just meant to be. Yeah. And again, it, you know, I was, you were devastated, but yeah. I was so, you know, stoked for him yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. But um, what better person to come in and yeah. replace you than the guy that was sort of there, you know, at From the, the beginning yeah. as well. So, and then I'd played a couple of seasons Hard, never missed a game yep. um, after that. And then I um, uh, dislocated. I, I had an ankle reconstruction yep. um, on my left ankle, uh, came back from that, um, then broken, dislocated my right ankle and leg. Um, and like literally six or seven weeks after yep. coming back from the Rico, um, it was really bad you know, break and dislocation, um, you know, where your foot's at right angles. Oh, geez, I, um, I can't and, watch that. Uh, and it was, um, that was really hard. No, 100%. You know, because you fight so hard to get back. I was very, very strict with my rehab. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever would have played as many games as I did uh, if I hadn't have been so ruthless about my rehab, rehab. and my body and, yep. you know, preparation. Um if I was fine, yeah, you know, no problem. I'd go and rip that, into the piss. And, that's you know, right. Yeah. But, but I was very protective of of that. Yeah. Um, because at the same time, in my mind, was this could be over like that for you, and yeah. so you'd have to try and get as many games as you can. That's right. You know, that's so right. play with injury, play through pain. Yeah. You know, like recover. Yeah. Rehab, and so to do that, I was out for nine months. You know, with that yeah. a, um, ankle, and had to learn how to walk again, and then run again, and. You know, they said, no, you you finished, your career's really? probably over at wow. that point. Um, because, uh, and I'd had some problems with my shoulders and doctors were saying your career, you know, is probably over because you keep subluxing your shoulders because it had hypermobile yeah. joints. Yeah, right. But I just worked harder and harder on my sort of shoulder stability. And yeah. um, and then, so they said the same thing about my ankle. It's, you know, you've probably ripped way too much cartilage off um, to be able to come back. It'll just end up bone on bone and, Crazy you know, that sport, sort of stuff. And, yeah. and again, that's that's in um, 2004, yeah. I think, around 2003, yeah. 2004. So that's at 20, 22, 23. Mm, yeah. um, and, uh, and so you just go, no, nah, like, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm coming concerned. back um, from this, came back. Uh, and then it, that was in you know, 05 when I, when I got suspended, yep. um, and it came about just because we'd, um, we'd had a number of injuries, um, uh, in our middle and, um, Matt Parsons, I think was unavailable and maybe Simo and someone else. Yep. Um, and I'd gone from, you know, second row to then starting in the front row wow. against the dragons. <laughs> here's a little, here's a little guy that couldn't yeah. even put weight on when he yeah, was 16, yeah. 17, so stepping yeah. up to the front row. So I'm starting in the front row against the dragons and they had, you know, all, you know, your Riles and, you know, um, uh, and, and a, and a good pack and yeah. you know, Riddell and, um, uh, I think Thompson was still playing for them at that point and yeah. Gaznier and Matt yeah, Cooper right. and wow. Trent Barrett and, I had a, a really good um, Luke Bailey. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're, good, we're all playing. Um, so we, before the game, Chief and Butts um, grabbed me and, and like, took me aside and said, if you're, you're starting in the front row, there's a, there's, there's a code, you know, that you've got to live by here and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and you've got to, you know, they've told me to do certain things and you've got to, 
you know, you've got to, you know, lead this team. And, yep. you know, there's a bloke on the other side that's this young up and coming front row, which is Aston Sims, um, yep. you know, and Riles is playing and you need to shorten them up and, yep. you know, that sort of stuff. And uh, so early on, I think I gave away a penalty for hitting maybe Jason High or like, yep. you know, um, or doing a, something else. And, and then off the line dropout, uh, Joey said, I'm kicking to Ashton. You know, you sort him out. You know, yeah. like um, <laughs> remember what Chief and Butts yeah. said, and um, so and BK was next to me on my left side, uh, and they said you get like you know get him, um, and so I was like right, okay, he's um, mine. So I obviously took off with all intents uh, and purposes to hit him with my shoulder. Yeah, um, and we. Um, and I wanted to take him out. There's yeah. no like that. Yeah. I, I, wanna, I wanted rarely. to hurt him. And, yeah. um, you know, that was the way it was yeah. because, you know, I'm, I'm young. He's young. You know, I've got something to prove here. Yeah. And just it happened so fast that um, that at the last minute, and I didn't, you don't realise it until you watch the frame, yeah. but he sort of moved away from me and I just didn't move my feet. And yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to get you. But I didn't think it would be Mel. I thought it would be my shoulder, um, and my elbow came up. And um, but at that point, when he hit the deck, I thought BK had hit him. Um, oh, okay. You know, and because it was so flush, yeah, like that, it didn't. I didn't even didn't feel, feel it. it. Yeah, you right. know, like, and so I, th I said to BK, "Good shot." Like, yeah, um, right. and so uh, he goes, "I didn't touch him." Like, and I, or I didn't, like, and I, I, it wasn't me. Like, and I was so, and then I remember they all went up and it was a Friday night game. Yeah. Um, uh, at Marathon, sold, sold out oh. back in those days. It was, you know, standing room only, Dragons v Knights, you know, that time. It was a big, big, big game. game. Yeah. Um, so it was, and then Tim Mander was the ref. Uh, and they, he, they, he came over. Um, and said, I just come over here, like, you know, to me. Yeah. I was like, what, what for? Um, and so then there you had they the would big, have been looking at you going, yeah. what do you mean, what for, yeah, mate? Yeah. You're just like a kill to something. And then you had the big screen there at the ground. Yeah. And so, like, I'm looking at the big screen. Yeah. And they're replaying it. Yeah. Uh, and as you see us come, coming together, yeah. you can see him move. And I could see my elbow coming up and I was yeah. like, oh no, like, you know, so. Uh, then, you, and, then the reality and of And then it. it hits him yeah. and knock, I think he's, you know, did some damage to his teeth and yeah. his jaw and, um, and obviously he had long hair at that So oh. Everything was accentuated. It, yeah. But it was not, it didn't look good, obviously. No, no. Um, and like the whole, like 24,000 just went, oh, like, oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, oh, shit. And so, and I just looked at the ref, I said, surely, you know, that was an accident. And he went, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You've made contact with his head. And that point, as the footage is being shown, I think Bedsy was standing there uh, as captain at the time or something. Yeah. He moonwalked away from, you know, the conversation <laughs> and just went, I don't want any yeah. part of that. Yeah. And, and so, and, and so. Oh, the moonwalker. Yeah, yeah. And it just went, you're gone. And I just went, what? Like, as obviously the footage is like, what do you mean? You went, what? Like, you've just hit the bloke in the head with your elbow. Yeah. Um, and so I just, yeah, I was, I was, again, I was shattered yeah, at that point. And that was like literally two weeks after um, Danny Williams had kinged uh, Mark O'Neill. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I do remember that. And actually. so, like, oh, I yeah. was straight away thinking, well, f like, 
I'm in some trouble here. Yeah. But I thought that my defence, you know, obviously it was, there was intent, absolutely, yeah. you know, but it was the for intent the shoulder, was for not my the shoulder other. and, you know, where it landed, it was, and obviously now the way the game is with shoulder charges, that yes. that is a byproduct of yes. that, you yeah. know, like, because if you don't, Shoulder charge. I'm not in that position that's in the first right. place. That's right. So you know that's that's um, fair enough. Yeah. And then I just got to the judiciary. I've been hammered all weekend in the press, so right. much so that actually coaches were coming out like Wayne Bennett. Um, I think even even Ricky Stewart at the time or something like. There was a couple of coaches that were like, "That's not that's not in him," or "That's you know the yeah, way it okay. is." And so that it started swinging back. Yeah. Some of the other way to your favor um, because of the they yeah. knew your character and yeah. it wasn't a b yeah. intent. So I'd, I'd cop to serve from Daryl Broman and yeah. saying that's the worst hit since his one and Les Boyd and yeah. uh, when Les got him and um, Dad never forgot that either. But yeah. uh, and, uh, <laughs> he chipped <laughs> chipped um, Daryl at one point when he saw him at a speaking. Yeah, did he? So um, yeah, so uh, oh, wrong um, this one. Yeah. Um, so, um, so he uh, um. So again, and then went to the judiciary and yeah. we thought we presented a, a good case and um, uh, and then they come out and they say, well, it's um, 1,600 points. Um, and at that point I was like, what What does that even mean? Yeah. You know, like, and then they said, oh, but because of your good record, um, we're going to reduce it to 1,200 points. And I was like, what? And, I was, and they went, what is that? And they was like, that's 12 weeks. I was like. What? Fuck, you know, imagine what so, 16, yeah. 1,600 points was. So, um, what was that? Like it would have been 16 a year. 16 weeks. Yeah, it would have been gone for pretty much the Oh, yeah, year, okay. Yeah. So the 1,000 um, per week. Yeah. To, yeah, right. So um, 100 per week. So 12 weeks gone. It was the second last game of the season. Yeah. Uh, I'd missed one game um, for the Dogs um, and um, it was sh- I was shattered 100%. because it was like you knew what was coming it was yeah. the fact that, one, you'd let the team down then you got the whole entire preseason to get through, and then you got another eleven, you know, oh, that's, you know oh, to, that's to right. work Shit. through. Um, you got to carry side. it all over. Yeah. So oh, then, wow. and that was then, and so I went through into a pretty dark place. I was going to say, what was the know, mindset in the buddy? Um, and Michael Hagen caught it um, in the preseason where I was getting quite aggressive and um, at training, and I was getting angry and frustrated, you know, because because of it and um, and mentally I was fried. Yeah, you know? really. And I probably sort of went off the rails a little bit, you know, during that period of time where it just was, it was just the, like, um, I think it was just a byproduct of the, the few years, you know, that had gone, you missed the grand final, you get through that, that's okay. Then yeah. ankle rico, then break and dislocation, then, yeah. you know, other some other things that were going on and then, and then that, and it's just like, and, and look, uh, again, that was my fault. Yeah, not, yeah, it, yeah. It, but it doesn't mean to say it doesn't hurt. No, no, no And so, um, because that's what you love to do. So when that's pulled away from you, yeah. um, and I thought at that point it was unfair, like, but, you know, is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's life. And so uh, he made me go and see a psych. It was actually the first time I'd ever gone to a um, psychologist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, I actually saw him the other day cause he was a, he's, uh, he's, you know, he was a retired police officer and, oh, okay, yeah, uh, that, and whatnot that dealt with a lot of yeah. um, trauma and whatnot for, for the um, police force. Great guy. And yeah. Hague's put me Into to him. Yeah. Um, and that was a, my first experience of, um, a psychologist, yeah. which 
then made me want to learn more about about that space. But I had some time away yes. um, from training. And the worst thing that possibly happened was the club then went through that um, 13 losing streak. That's right. That's you know, right so yeah. I was out for uh, the first 11 rounds. Yep. You know, uh, of that, and I was watching the carnage that was going on. And at that point, I think Joey was out for a period of time and Simpson and Edzy and um, a couple of other yeah, people. Yeah, so it's- but that was even worse, you know, so it was like death by a thousand cuts, you know, yeah. where you're missing all that and you can watch it and people are sort of bagging you yeah, on the yeah. street. And you're and all thinking, fuck, this is my, this is this my fault. My fault. Yeah. Not that I would have massively changed, you know, the yeah. whole um you know, all the games, no. but it's the fact you're not there contributing. That's right. In the trenches with yep. your teammates and whether you're losing or not is not the point. The yep. point was I wanted to be there yep. and be a part of that. Yep. So we were in it together. I yep. felt like I'd let them down. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And I came back and, uh, and we, we played one game. We got beat again. So it was like 12 or 13 in a row. Yeah. Right. Um, wow. And then we played Penrith at Penrith and, um, and uh, we broke our duck. I, uh, I'd scored in the game. We'd done a lot of work on the their left edge yep. um, with Dave Fairley. Saw some weak spots there. Uh, and late in the game, we were down, I think, by two or four or something, or by two, I think. Yep. Um, or, and um, Preston Campbell was on the short side. Yep. And uh, Luke Quigley was hooker. And I sort of, he looked at me and I looked at him and I went, yep, just give me, and Joey was screaming, oh, you know, fuck. boss. And when, when the boss know, man yeah, says, we're and, going this and way. I over, called Joey. Oh. Like, and so I said, no, <laughs> he no. He would filthy. I said, no, no, but like, you know, super, like, you know, yeah. quick. So he went there and came back and I hit it and went over and scored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, well, you goosebumps. You goosebumps. So get over and score. Um, at the death, yeah. win the game because there's literally only a minute or two to go. Um, and it was just this massive relief, relief and sort of that feeling of vindication, I suppose, that was like, I'm glad we won. Yeah. And I hope this is a way of some sort of forgiveness, back and, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to do that. Yeah. And, um, we were really struggling as a team there, but our team never gave up. We ended up winning, I think, eight of our last 11 um, and missed. We were the highest ranking spoon, I think, ever in the game's history. Oh, really? You know, like wow. was so close. I think yeah. we ended up at like 18 points oh, for, really? the spoon. Now, for the spoon. That is unheard of. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you know or 16 that points is, or something along wow. those lines. And so now you can win three Teams that get the spoon, yeah. it's like, you know, they're winning two or three, four games. That's right. right. So it was just. Wow, that's bizarre. So, but it was a, I mean, Joey talks about it a lot, that it was a, it was a really, um, it was a great year. Yep. The result was secondary. Yeah. It was the behavior. Yeah, like, and the, the team that, and we then ended up fourth the year before. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, the year, the year after. after. Yep. Um, so it was, it was. You know, it, yep. it was a it was a struggle, but it was important for the club to go through, yeah, yeah. particularly the players. And how, how was the time? Obviously, when you get to that start, uh, that stage, you're in with the Knights. You're growing with those those crew, and 2007 comes around, and mid mid year, you're off to Melbourne. Not only you're in Newcastle where you've got the wooden spoon, or whatever. Mid year, you go to Melbourne, and you're in the grand final mm. with another side. Mm. Was that a bit of a 
a bit of a shock to the system in regards or you just your mindset was like okay well I've left this that home mm. now I'm going to perform for this home what's the mindset because because everything everything was Newcastle for you yeah um well, I never saw it coming no um you know so obviously we'd had the spoon in 05 um we we came fourth the year like the year yeah, later after, yep. um and and got you know, knocked out of the finals, I think, by the Broncos. Um, you know, six, yes. they went on to win their comp yeah. uh, in 06. Um, so, you know, seven, um, Hagues had gone probably unfairly in my view uh, and went to Para. Yep. Brian Smith came in um, and uh, I had concerns about that. Um, yep. right from the start just because of what I'd seen at Para um, yeah, okay. and the big turnover of rosters over the last yep. sort of few years. And uh, I think that we were very different Sydney because if you remove someone from Newcastle, particularly with if they're homegrown, mm, yeah. it's not just the player. It's roots and all. Like, Every, you know, yes, everything yes, goes yes. with it. And that has – there's some trauma there. There's some – you know, there's some pain Backlash from the family, yeah. from your friends in the community to, you know, your teammates. Yeah. We were very different yeah, yeah. in Sydney. It's yeah. not – you don't just move from Para and go to the Dragons or go to Manly or go uh, to like – Like a family atmosphere, isn't it? and go. Like, that's, so that's when it. you leave, you're leaving Newcastle. Yeah. You know, um, so it's very different. Mm. And uh, so anyway, uh, I've, I've spoken – um, before, which I won't go into detail about my relationship with Brian, but it was, yeah. um, it was, it was pretty bad yeah, yeah. Uh, with regards to what was going on, you know, during that period and uh, the constant sort of not knowing of whether I was going to start or play or whatever. Yeah, okay. So I, I played every game that year. I think I left in about round eight, round nine. Yeah. Um, nearly every single week I was getting told that you're either not playing or you're not starting. Um, and, uh, because I wasn't good enough or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and every week I'd play every week I'd start or play every week. And oh, yeah. I, often I'd, um, get told the day of the game or the day before the game. Um, and it was just a nightmare oh. and that wasn't just me. That was nah. other players as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and it, and it was just completely destroying inside the, the culture where you would, you know, and, and every time you were getting told that you're now playing, you knew that there was another person that was now being told you're not playing. Yeah, right. You know, at the last minute. Yeah, right. So then that can create that tension, tension. between the, the team and, and yeah. the players. And it was so unnecessary. Yeah. Now, did some things need to change culturally? And did we need, you know, some um, uh, refining and, and better development with some other areas? Yeah, sure. Um, and Brian was very good. At that side of things, but we'd lost Joey. He retired a couple of weeks earlier, you know, um, uh, after his neck. Yeah. Um, his last game was, I think, against Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he hurt his neck in um, at training. So there was a bit of that going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, there were some conversations that Brian had had with me about um, that I found out that he was trying to, you know, push me to England, talking to English clubs because okay. I had a British passport. Yeah. Um, those clubs were telling me I, I played uh, for country, you know, that year when yep. it was a genuine origin trial. Yep. Craig Bellamy was the coach. Um, and I'd said to him that I had I was having some trouble yep. like there. And he said, well, it's not 
doesn't look like it's affecting your game. You know, no, and I yeah, said, right. well, yeah, but that's just, I'm just putting the mask on, that's you know, I was say. whilst I'm playing, it's different, you yeah. know, um, outside of that. Yeah. And I really hated it. I mm. hated playing. Yeah. Like, I, um, I, I just hated everything about that was going on. I had a lot of anger, um, about that. Um, and I was managing that, you know, um, uh, off to the side as well. Yeah. And so then we, I play country, um, we play on a Thursday night, We're playing the dogs on Sunday. Uh, I come back really confident because I played well, all that. And I get told on the Friday that you're not playing on the Sunday, which I fronted him about and said, um, what, like, what are you talking about? Like, I've just played city country. I played well, I feel good. No, you're not up to it. Um, you know, only special players do that and whatever, you know, whatever, and you're not up to it. And I was like, no, I'm dis- I disagree. Um, this is like, this is the ethos of our, mm. you know, of our club. Our yeah. players always back up and that sort of thing. And he goes, oh, well, you're not, you're not one of them and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so um, he said, I don't expect you to like it, um, but, you know, you'll accept it and that's why I'm the coach and you're a player. And, you know, I was like, well, I just, I just wow. completely disagree with this. And he said, I'll let you know tomorrow about whether you're going to come on the bus. Like, um, on the, this is now Saturday, so then the bus leaves at 2. Uh, I don't know. It's like one thirty, and I don't know whether I'm even getting the bus. You know, I'm thinking this bloke's going to try and make me late, wow. you know, to then get me sacked or blah yeah, blah yeah. and whatever. And and we'd had our run-ins and yeah. um, you know, during that period of time. And um, uh, and he, then he rang and said, "You're not playing. Um, I'm not picking you. It's my job to have the best squad, and you're not in it." Which I had a had something to say about mm. on the phone. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and so that was kind of they got. I think forty nil. They got beat. Um, against the dogs on the Sunday. Uh, wow. And so, or something like that, mm. it was, you know, 40 to something. And so um, that that was a real issue for me. Mm. And um, and so, so then we played the next week um, against, I think, the Warriors, and I played in the front row uh, there. And every week he'd say, you're not playing you can't play 80 minutes. You're not a good, you're not good enough to play 80 minutes. You know, you're a 50, 55 minute player and maybe, and mm. like, I don't, I just don't, I don't understand the psychological, no. like the, um, the behavior yeah. and what he was doing. I just, it yeah. didn't, um, it's, it was not working yeah, you know, for yeah. me or many of the other yeah. you know, players. So, um, so we played the Warriors. I'd fronted him again about, I'd heard more and more stuff. We then uh, said, I said, what are you do like, what are you doing? You know, and he said, well, you know, you're not looking at the big picture and it's my job to have the best squad and all that sort of stuff. And I said, well, you know, w- what are you saying? And, mm. um, and he said, well, I think you should be going to England and I think you should go over there cause you'd be much better over there and all that. And I said, but I'm here, I'm under yeah, contract yeah. here. I want to stay at the Knights and this is my, if, if you don't want me at the end of the year, that's okay. Yeah. But I'm not leaving. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to make, you know, um, and then he kept saying, you're not looking at the big picture. And then, and then he said, um, look, you know, you're not in my top squad. I went, right. Thank you. That's what I need. That, That's you, all now I that you've said it, you've said that yep. now I'll, you know, uh, cause I'm not playing for somebody that um, yeah. doesn't want me, yeah. doesn't want me here. Um, and, uh, I went and told the senior players, yep. um, 
I went and told, you know, my mate, like, you know, Kurt Gidley, yeah. Danny Badiris, I spoke to Joey, Steve Simpson, Adam McDougall, yep. you know, all of those guys and yep. said, that this is what's going on. This yep. is what's been said. I've got my 100th game next week against the Broncos. I'm going to play that and I'm gone. I yeah. don't know where I'm going. Yeah, right. You know, I have no idea oh, at yeah. the moment, at that time. Um, and uh, boys were like, you know, I can't believe, like, believe this and why didn't you tell us? And, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and so, uh, and then we have the press conference that week, um, going to the Broncos game and I'm sitting there next to Brian and, you know, cause it's my hundredth game yeah. and he's, you know, they're asking about, you know, what, you know, a local kid and he's played a hundred and oh. he's saying these things that, you know, um, about how, you know, my importance of the club or, you know, whatever the team. And I was like, you just literally said the other day all these things so I was sitting there steaming yeah, you know 100%. like about that so and then we play the Broncos in 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 Brisbane yep uh, and he rests Adiris Simpson um, Gidley uh, I think Perry or Woolno uh, one of them like just all these players George Carmont doesn't pick him, flies Cooper Ravuna in from New Zealand, never met him before ever. Oh, wow. Flies him in on the Saturday, I think, in Brisbane and plays him. Um, Mullow's like 19. He puts him as captain. Um, and uh. and so uh, we played a red-hot Brisbane team, yeah. you know, uh, that had all your, your Lockyers and your Carmichael Hunts yeah, and right. Parker and blah, 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 all that. Um, and we got beat 71 to 6. And, uh, and, and you have a guess how many minutes I played. Fuck. Probably 55 minutes. 80. 80 minutes. Really? First game that I'd played 80 and I was left out there for 80. Oh. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so that I told chief, um, at the airport, um, I said, I'm out. Um, Um, and I said, I'm, I'm finished. Yep. Uh, he was shattered. Yeah, Um, yeah. And, uh, so where are you going? I said, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, and, uh, he, we announced it the next day The uh, Brian, um, had said, which was coming via chief and Crowey that, um, I cannot, um, go to another NRL club. They're not going to release me unless I go to an, an NRL club. Yeah. Um, I said, um, absolutely no way. Are you going to restrict me from going anywhere I want? Mm, not yeah. after what you've done. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. And not after you know. I thought, you know, that's not that's yeah. not fair. Yeah. Um, and and I said, you said to Chief and Crowey that, uh, the, and Dad was in there because he was my manager at that yeah. time. He, the all I had to pay him was a packet of bench and edges. <laughs> Bottle of rum. Um, so, uh, <laughs> They're the managers you yeah, want, exactly. brother. So um, that's your seven percent. Um, so uh, so he um, so again he was blowing up in oh. the meeting, and they ended up like we had to you know we threatened them about obviously the fact that I'll tell my story, mm. you know, and uh, if you don't let me out, yeah, but if you go, I will shut my mouth and yeah. I will not tell the public, what has gone on here yep. and what it is. Now, yep. looking back, I probably shouldn't have made that commitment because yep. I got absolutely hammered in the in the local press um, and seen as somebody that was jumping off a sinking ship. We were running fourth or fifth at that time. Yeah. So there was no sinking ship at that nah, point. Nah. Um, um, it was certainly in the top six. Yeah. And, uh, and 
I got hammered, yeah. right, that you've left and you've left after 71 to 6 and all that sort of stuff. And um, But they didn't know what was going was on. Say, but also yeah. I'd told players, yeah. you know, the leading players a couple of weeks before. So that was really, really hard for mm. me and my family yeah. to go through when you know what's gone on and you're being positioned a certain way. Yeah. On the Monday night, I'm at the Kent with Joey and – uh, Bedsy and, and Gids and whatnot, and you, you're plenty of schooners deep. And, and then I get a phone call from, um, uh, from Belly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, I thought it was bullshit. And, uh, yeah. at the time, and he's going, no, no, like, uh, I've seen what's going on today. Um, and, uh, I think Desi or Graham Murray had reached out as, as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly. And, yeah. um, and Muzz was a really good man and, um, I'd known him from the Mariners. Yeah. Sort of okay. Days. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so they, he said, um, and that's when he'd said to me that I don't know what we can pay you. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, um, I'll have, we'll have to work that out. Yeah. Um, I ended up getting about 20 grand, you know, yeah, to, really? to go, like that was it. That you was know, it. Um, wow. To play those 16 games and, or 20 or 30 or something along those lines and um, uh, and lived with Peter O'Sullivan. You know, I said, I just need somewhere to stay yeah, and, yep. and that sort of stuff. And yep. um, and I was on, I'd lo- uh, I'd sort of, I'd given away in my night still. There was no settlement. I didn't want any money, yeah, none, yeah. zero. Well, so yeah. there was no, I didn't want any money. Yep. Uh, so that probably cost, you know, over a hundred plus thousand, you know, to like, because I just didn't. It wasn't about the money, again. you know, like, mm. um, so he said, the only reason he said, I want you here, but it's not my team. And the reason why you are coming is because when I asked our leadership group, which was, um, Mick Crocker, Cooper Cronk, Matt King, um, Cam Smith, um, I think Jeremy Smith, yeah. um, uh, uh, Matt Guyer, uh, they, and I said, do you want, this guy at your club, yeah, um, they were running first at the time. Yeah, um, do you want them? This guy at your club, and they said yes. That oh, is the yeah. only reason why you are uh, like why you are. I'm able to bring you here. So yeah, straight yeah. away, you're going. Wow, like oh, yeah, know, yeah, this is say, the culture that I'm going to oh, after yeah. what I've just sort of gone through. Yeah, and the feeling of then right again, you're going back to those sort of childhood behaviours of. These people believe in me. Yes. They're prepared to invest in me. Now I'm going to give back. Now I'm going to give back. Yes. You know, like, um, and so they said, right, well, I thought you'd say that. We've booked you on the 6.55 or something like that on the Wednesday morning. Luckily it wasn't Tuesday morning. Yeah. Um, And and so I flew down on the Wednesday and um, played two weeks later, walked in, incredible club. Yeah. Great culture. Yeah. and they automatically made you feel right at home where yeah. Brian Waldron at the time got all the staff together, had this cake in the Really? The wow. And, um, and rattled off all my, you know, my summary of my life and where I'd come from and what yeah. I'd sort of achieved and blah, 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 and he's one of us now and sort of made this really That's big a, speech. And I'm just sort of going, what, what is happening here? I've never had um, this before. No. And so um, – Went away, played the Warriors, um, my first game yep. away without any of the Origin players. Yep. Um, and we, uh, they had, a th- I think we had about eight out. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, you know, so no Dallas yeah, Johnson. Wow. No, uh, Crocker was injured, Kafusi, you know, all those yep. guys were, were out. Um, and we went to New Zealand, beat them 4-2. 
Yeah, wow. I gave it the penalty away, so I was, <laughs> I was terrified. I was, uh, late in the game. The next minute there, I'm going to get yeah, flicked yeah. after this game. Late in the game, Jeremy Smith dived over from dummy half to oh, win 4-2. Wow. Um, he's always a hog jazz, but close yeah, to, yeah, particularly yeah. close to the line. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, so 4-2, and then we went to Townsville, beat yep. um, the Cowboys yep. by 50. Yeah, um, right. Graham Murray was – when I'd signed, when I'd agreed to terms with Melbourne, he rang and said, I want to give you a three year deal on good money, blah, yeah. blah. And I said, no, I've verbally, I've said to Belly that I'm yeah. going. And he said, but it's a six month contract. I'm giving you three years and it's this money. And I said, but I've said on my word, I've said that I'm yeah. going. So, no, so I can't, so I, I, I'm yeah. not. And he said, but have you signed anything? I said, no, no. And he said, no, fair enough, Clint. I, I, I respect that and yeah, right. I wish you all the best and, you know, blah, yep. blah, blah. So that was that, that was, was it. it. So then that then led to obviously you winning the comp in 07. Yeah. And the, and it's a bit of the bittersweet. You win the comp, then they, they strip you of the of the the thing for over the calorie sa- yeah, uh, salary cap. wasn't from my 20 grand. No, <laughs> I was going to say. Well, you didn't. You definitely didn't have to yeah, feel guilty yeah, about that yeah. one at all. And then you're going through, you've gone you, after the Melbourne Storm year, 2008, then you've gone to the English. You spent 2008, 2009, 10, 11. Yes. Years were great over in, in England. Didn't you enjoy the England? I loved it. Yeah. It was, the, it was probably the arguably the best four collective years I've had of my career. Really? You know, and my life. Yeah. You know, where I went over, didn't know anyone, didn't yeah. know anyone in Start the team. Start fresh. Starting again. And the, really the reason why I went to England was I'd made a commitment to Belly in about July. Um, August, yeah. when he said, we're going to have, we're not probably going to be able to like give you anything, but we're just not sure yet yeah, because okay. we're going to, like Jess Smith was thinking about going to the Dragons and it's going to be late in the piece when we're able to decide. Yeah. So I said, that's okay, mate. Like, um, I can tell you right now after what you guys have done to me here, yep. now you've made me feel I will not be playing against you. Yeah, uh, next okay. year. Wow. So, um, and I think Wayne Bennett called and said that he'd want me to go to the Broncos and I'd said I'd. I've said to Belly that I won't play against him. Yeah. And again, it was probably, you know, one of those sort of calls that you you, you, you can't take back nah. sometimes. Um, even though I bet you Craig would have let let it slide. In yeah. my head it was oh. like I'm not I yeah, can't I know. go back on that now. No, nah, no. Nah. And so sort of all I did was start word. looking at England yep. um after Melbourne had said that they couldn't sign yep. me. So then I went to obviously Hulk yeah. KR, incredible club, um, rich in history, but had been um in the second division for a long time, they'd managed to stay up. Yep. Um, in the year before, after being uh, down there for twenty odd years. Yep. Um, and then obviously went there and you know had an incredible time. Uh, made you know had some really good success with the team that we had. Yep. Because uh, we weren't you know we didn't have a star-studded lineup. No, no. Uh, but we did really well, and I was really proud of yep. where we did. And the the community was fantastic, and the people of East Hull, yep. even West Hull. As much as they hated me, um, <laughs> it was all part of part of it. And yeah. met my wife now, and yeah. uh, and obviously you've got three amazing kids. So yeah. it's sort of it just it's, it's just one of those things. Yeah. So looking back at the whole Brian Smith era, yeah. it comes back to the point of that sort of family ethos of yeah. everything happens for a reason. reason. Yes, it's just at the time it was so raw. Yeah, and I yeah, didn't I bet. Know, I bet. Well, well I, I, you know, but now you sort of go, well, if you didn't, if that didn't happen. That would then you don't happened. go to Melbourne, don't go don't to, to England. England, you don't, you know, end Find up where wife. I am now, do, do, you know, do, do, do. Um, and doing what we're doing. Yep. 
and you get so you have a great time over in uh, in England. You come back for a two was it two years or one years at Penrith? Two, two years at Penrith, mm-hmm. and then two thousand and fourteen, you come back to the Knights. Mm-hmm. What what what's going through the mindset there? Because obviously the coach was different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's Very why you, that's why you come back. But this was this setting up. This is like you're finishing your time and you want to finish it where you started. Yes. Okay. So, uh, and, and from looking when I was watching those moments uh, of your career as well, I thought this is sort of like a, a bittersweet where he's done. You know, he was embedded in Newcastle, had all that drama, has gone around the world and back again, and he gets to finish with a dream thing. And I think I watched that match where you had the, the farewell retirement and, and the crowd from what I remember, even I get goosebumps now, but the crowd just adored you, adored your family. And it was a, um, an unbelievable send off in, in regards to that. What was that thought coming back to Newcastle and you knowing that you'll probably be finishing off there? Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when Gus took me to Penrith, uh, it was very much about, they were looking to, you know, transform the club, uh, and um, and I'd love to take the credit for the last couple of years, but <laughs> probably can't take too much. But um, maybe I start. We we helped start yeah. on that trajectory. Well, yeah, I was um, going to say under, under Ivan. Yeah. Um, so Ivan was new coach. Gus comes over, says we we, we need a whole change our internal like our culture, our systems, how we're going about things. And I yeah. said, right, okay, that's something I'd you know I'm happy to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I saw some connection with Newcastle, like I did to Hull KR, to then Penrith, okay. very working class yep. community, you know, great fan base, you know, but not, not hasn't had an enjoyed success for a period of time. Um, that was a tough couple of years, you know, for a number of different reasons. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the club started to head in obviously the right direction. Um, Gus was very honest with me about saying, I need you here for two years and, and then, um, and then it probably won't be anything longer than that because yeah. of what they were doing with their junior nursery and what yes. they were trying to then yeah. do, which is what they're sort of seeing the fruits of that labour now yeah. um, or over the last few years. So that was – I always respected that yeah. um, uh, despite some tough conversations when Penrith weren't going so well <laughs> yeah. in the first few rounds. Yeah. Uh, but we got through that and, um, uh, and I really enjoyed my time under Ivan – um, yeah. Dave Fairley was there as well, who I'd had a relationship with when he'd played at the Knights um, and then was coach, assistant coach to Hagen. Yeah. So there was the connection, connection there. there yeah. um, I thought going back to Penrith was good because me and my wife could go somewhere that, you know, that neither of us knew. No, um, fresh, and, fresh starting. Yeah. There's plenty of fresh starts. Yeah. So, um, so then to go back to Newcastle and Wayne um, uh, had asked, you know, had said, did I want to come back? And yep. Tinkler had asked a couple of years earlier yes. to come back, but I'd had a contract, you know, at, at KR. Yep. Um, I think luckily for KR and the chairman, uh, Neil Hudgel, they let me go a year early yep. um, uh, to go back. And it was really about setting my life up for post. Yes, post rugby post, league. Post rugby league. And, uh, and also our, you know, my relationship with, with Carly about going back to, England, uh, going to Australia and see how that went. Yep. But to go to Newcastle, I went there on, I think, about 70 grand, 75,000. Yeah, right. So you look at in reverse. I know. I think, you know, I was, I was nearly on, I was probably on not far, 
not far off my, my first ever NRL contract. Really? I think, was, I think it was 40 grand, my first ever contract, oh, yeah. NRL, oh, wow. NRL contract. So, but I think, again, it was about setting myself up financially. I'd had some really good um, uh, advisors yep. um, and, and people financially that were able to allow me to make those decisions that were not money focused. Yes. That was really about closing out um, my career things, and yeah. seeing, again, sort of somewhat like Penrith, but going to Newcastle and knowing that I'm probably going to play state cup yep. there, but play an important role on, you know, and bringing through the state the, cup players. Yes, the juniors. Playing under Wayne was, you know, obviously a, a real big driver as well. But, um, uh, but yeah, to, to, to do that, um, over that sort of couple of years, uh, again, I'd ruptured my bicep, um, mm. uh, that, that year as well. And I thought, well, this is it, you know, yep. like, uh, um, and that uh, my again my career's over. Yeah. I haven't even played a game oh, at Newcastle. Really? That yeah, was in wow. fourteen. Um, and uh, the specialist said, "No, nah, you're out for five months." And it was like, "Fuck, no, I'm not doing that." No. You know, what else can we do? Yeah. Like what? What, yeah, what, what, what else, else can we do? That's not illegal. I'm not, I'm not sitting, I need to get in there. I'm, yeah, I'm not sitting out five months. Nah. You know, because my career's over. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, they said, oh, well, you're crazy and you don't know. And I said, well, he said, this is a five-month injury. I said, it doesn't have to be. No. You know, like, yeah. you know, what, what are we doing? The determination and mindset. So we ended up um, uh, we ended up going to Melbourne to get um, a, a surgeon there to do it. Um, and what he did was he, he uh, like, he drills through your, uh, the bone yes. uh, and then pulls the bicep through and wraps it around oh. rather than stitching the bicep down Back on to the bone. Yep. Um, so your bicep is still shorter. Yeah. Like, but, oh, yeah. Right. Um, Fucking wow. But not like a ruptured bicep. Yes, yes. And so I said, and he, I said, what's the time frame on that? And he said, oh, maybe, um, maybe 12, 14 weeks. I said, done. Well, that's what we're doing. Yeah. It was in the trial. I said, but I'll get back earlier than that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, um, how de so, determined yeah, you were. So I think I played in 10 weeks or 11 weeks. Yeah, um, really. You know, from a ruptured bicep. Had the surgery, came back. Supposed to be five months. Yeah, played uh, that year. Ten weeks. Um, uh, and got another contract because I was on a one-year deal because I yep. thought I'd just go there for one year. Yeah. Got another deal. It's pretty uh, not very hard sell for Newcastle given I, I wanted just about the same money as I was on the year before. That's so right, that yeah. Really, sure. 100%. This one's an easy one. So, yeah, then to go to finish their uh, captain, the state cup team to the premiership, um, with our average age, I think it was about 20, 21. Yes, I was yes. 32, 34 around that yeah. time. Uh, so again, you're going, uh, yes, yeah, 34. Yeah. Uh, when, so you can understand how young that team was. Yeah, if, definitely. If the average age is 21 and I'm 34. <laughs> and I think George Nadira was about the same age. Oh, wow. So that was, it was, you know, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, to, to do that and close that, that chapter that chapter um, before you're going on. Yeah, yeah. So over the, the whole career, 273 games and, and a lot of ups and downs, and but the to me, the moral of the story, especially from your life in regards to anyone, listen, especially young kids who think they can just do things overnight and have get, again, as I uh, 
said before, when you're getting told you can't do that, you're not good enough to do that, but just have the mentality of going, I'm going to prove you wrong because I know how good I am is one of the most important uh, mindsets that I see you had and and still have in regards to what you do in life because I know you personally, I know with the, the Jack Newton, the the job that you do now with the with the rugby league sort of union, it's uh, it's an amazing thing and a career that you've had. If I was to say... Clint Newton, at the moment, what do you, what do you class as your rich life? What what brings you? As I say, you've achieved so much, uh, personal, business, whatever. But what what really makes your your life rich? Oh, I think it's pretty it's pretty easy. The best thing for me is that um, time with my family. That's probably what I'm struggling with at the moment. Uh, and um, and passion projects, you know, yeah. uh, and rug, the Rugby League Players Association has given me an opportunity and I've taken it on as a real responsibility to move the association forward, which I started, you know, really in, I was a board member in 03, yeah. you know, at 22 um, and then became general president in about 2012, 13. Um, so it's been 10 years like of this second part of my time with the RLPA. Yeah, right. um, and I see it as a great responsibility to drive the players forward, which ultimately then pushes the industry forward as well because the better terms and conditions and the better rights, better protections, better support that you can provide your players, the game absolutely, unmistakably goes forward. Yep. It's proven um, globally yes. and consistently right that that is what actually um, allows the game to continue to prosper Evolve, uh, yes. and, um, and be successful. So, uh, I think that again, it's, it's never, there's no perfect playbook. No, no. Like uh, the, the conditions are never going to be perfect no. for when you take your, your step forward. There's always some level of leap of faith yes. that you've got to, that you've got to take. And I think the biggest thing you could say to people is that, um, there are going to be plenty of times in your life when there's, uh, it's, it's an unchosen pain or trauma or, um, or an unchosen um, incident that you didn't prepare for, you no. didn't plan, you didn't want to happen. Yeah. Um, the only way that you can get through those things is to deliberately uh, put yourself in uncomfortable positions. Yeah. And whether that's, you know, again, how you train, training hard, yes. psychologically. Sometimes it's literally just, just swinging your legs out of bed, and just putting your feet on the floor and choosing to put your shoes on yeah. and put, you know, and go and, you know, and and go and take on the day. And yeah. that's a struggle. Yes, for, yes, you know, for and, a lot of people. Yeah. And for and for me. Yeah. You know, there's uh, the, the there's a there is a daily mental conversation that you have with yourself, which I don't always win. No. Uh, and I, I think it's unrealistic if you think you're going to win you know, every all, day. Every single day. Um, but, or, or, or winning by, as in putting your best in, but the, the winning part is just choosing to go forward. To go forward. Um, or sometimes stay still yeah. is better than going backwards. That's right. Yeah. Um, 100%. Uh, so uh, I think for me, yeah, it's the, it's time with the family. It's, yeah. Investing in people, yeah. uh, I, I, I get so much passion. You know, I get so much pleasure out of yeah. um, in seeing um, people move forward uh, and and live a life that 
you know, you want everyone to live. I think the other part is that having dealt with various amounts of pain and, and, and trauma and whatnot, there's a connection there about not wanting to see other people have to go through that. Yep. So if you can invest in someone and share something with them to maybe reduce um, the chances of, uh, of it happening to them yep. or maybe reduce some of the struggle that they will go through, that's a good thing. Yep. And, uh, and I think that um, the biggest thing is for me is just, I just want to leave, um, leave anything that I'm a part of better than when I found it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, that's, that's, that, that's it yep. for me. Yep. Uh, so, I th- so the, um, you know, the journey continues 100%, and, yeah. uh, and, and, I, and I think, I think it will end where, you know, where you or what you're doing and what you're still to do, uh, you will, you've already left a mark, but when, I think when you finish up, the mark will be a fairly big mark that you leave and, uh, mate, again, as a, uh, as a close friend, I, I regard you as, and, and coming on the rich life projects to you know, give the insight of not just your career, but your father's and memory of your father today. That's what this, uh, sort of podcast is going to be dedicated to. So I just want to thank you for your time, mate. I know you're a busy man and just to put some time away for me, I just appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you, mate. And and don't underestimate the people that I've spoken to, you know, that I spoke about on this show. Um, you know, I didn't mention you, but you're right yeah. there, yeah. you know, with it because if you remember the time, you know, when we met in Newcastle right. and the different bits of, you know, different struggles that you go through yep. and looking for, yep. you know, something else to, to keep your mind fresh and yes. sharp and being around, you know, like-minded people yep. that you can learn from yep. and, and – you uh, have been one of those people as yeah. well that's invested in me and yep. and made my life richer. Yeah, um, yeah. For uh, you know, which which I'm really yeah. grateful for. Nah, and end on the goosebumps. Yeah, that's a good one there. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Oh.